0: See. And we're off. Thank you, Monica. Okay. Uh, anything you learned this weekend? Faith promoting rumors? Uh, we're on our way to Missouri? What? Anything you hear? Anything that shook you up in, in uh, Sunday school class? some fun news? Yes? Oh. And at, at they announced their bio of what they're going to do after school. And, Of course, they mentioned they're going to serve a two year mission for the church. more big war that. Really? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> a little positive press. Yeah. The uh, church news announced that the coming year, of our priesthood and lay society manuals will be available electronically. We'll only order manuals for those who don't have them. Yeah, in case you haven't haven't figured that out, we're still adjusting to the fact that everything for the youth classes in this last year went online, so there's about that much information and a lot of videos and things like that, and now they're going to do that for the adult classes upcoming now, starting in January. So... Uh, it's going to be. More, we're, we keep pushing on our end to say we're going to need a lot more projectors and iPads and stuff because so much of the material is all going to be online. Um, which is pretty nice that there's a, there's, they're producing some incredible stuff. Okay. But you can't ride in the margins. You can't. <laughs> you can make... You've seen me ride in the margins. Well, I don't know how to do it. Well, it can be taught. <laughs> Uh, I did learn something uh, yesterday. By the way, uh, I had to run up uh, yesterday morning up to the uh, Collin County uh, Jail to visit uh, somebody. And getting in there, and, and, and she said, "Well, who are you?" And I said, "Well, I'm a I'm a senior pastor. Ah, I remember my congregation is there. Ah, okay, you know." And, and so she fills out the information. And then she says, "Do you have a card or anything that says that this is who you are?" Yeah, so I, that is my recommend. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she looked at it and she went, okay. And, and then a little while later she goes, can I make a copy of that? Sure, go ahead and make a copy of that. Yeah, okay. So I realized it's the first time that I've been able to use my temple recommend for entrance into heaven and hell. Wondered it worked both <clears throat> All right. Any, uh, by the way, any uh, mission uh, announcements? Anybody else going? Yes. Um, so more, so yeah Korea, China, Brazil, uh, in November 6th. I assume that Spanish speak, uh, uh, Portuguese speaking. Okay. Very nice. Congratulations. Yeah? My aunt and uncle I just got their call to be CES, I don't know, instructors maybe, in Denton. They're from Utah. So they're going way out to Denton, to to the wilds of the church that sits out there. Okay. All right, well, that said, um, I thought I'd do this. This is, I thought this was kind of fun. This is called. uh, um no parents ever said this. <laughs> Can you kids please keep arguing? It is music to my ears. You're passionate, Timber Tadrill. You just threw. that's caused me to reconsider change my mind, you're going to get exactly what you want. I really wish it wasn't my toddler's bedtime. We just need some more time together. Yeah. I love changing a baby that is covered in poo from head to toe. <laughs> I, mean, I can't wait to get started on my kid's next school project. If I told you once, I've told you a thousand times. If you're going to punch your brother, you better do it right in the throat. is the voice of her generation. <laughs> Sweetie, you're 16 now and old enough to make your own decisions. I am so glad you're dating someone 18 years older than you. <laughs> Just check <a> the number. <laughs> Don't worry about that $3,000 phone bill. Now I know what I can use my Christmas bonus <laughs> on. Oh, sure, sweetie. Your father and I would be delighted to come get you out of jail. I don't believe a word that police officer said. I know you're not lying to me. My <laughs> money is your money. Whatever you need. Sure you can have a party at the house, son. Huh? Kind of scope yellow Honey, come here and let your mama show you how to really twerk. I'll tell you what, why don't you stay home and watch all your reruns of keeping up with the Kardashians and we'll just go to church, okay? Looks so cute if it was just a tad bit shorter. <laughs> I think Tijuana is a great place to spend spring break. <laughs> Man, I hope my daughter grows up to be like Molly Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> so, the lower you wear those pants, the proper I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thought they did pretty good on that one, didn't they? <laughs> What's that? Uh, a Christian church uh, just did a super job on that. That's kind of funny. First Baptist Church of Midlothian, except it's got Chicago, so I don't know if there's a Midlothian in Chicago. But, uh. <laughs> all right, um, I wanted to do one of the things that I'm aware of is we're is we're going to be talking about some of the things today. For those of you who have been in in some of the classes before, some of this may feel like a bit of a repeat, uh, because some of this stuff is, we want to go back over some of this, so this will sound a little bit familiar, but remember that we've got a number of people that maybe weren't here when the last time we talked about this, and repetition is really good. Uh, So let me just explain again. We we were talking last time uh, about, as you start taking a look at some of the words that are used in, in the Bible... You have to remember that uh, Hebrew, uh, this is actually the word for uh, sh- Shalom, uh, but what happens is, is that the, the consonants are the big letters, and then the vowels are the little guys uh, on the outside of it. okay? So what happens when the old scholars were writing, they always leave the vowels out. All they're doing is writing with consonants. So if you are a translator, uh, like William Tyndale who's trying to then say I'm going to now going to move this from Hebrew into English they didn't always know here's this consonant and it could mean this and it could mean that so now we're going to look at it in context the other places that it's used in the scriptures so it's always a little bit of a guessing game so that's why it becomes really important to know what it is that we think this word means and why sometimes it was misunderstood when King James People were looking at it, or Tyndale, or any of the others. So to give you an example, so you might have a word like Shalom, which then is just take out all the vowels. You get that. So when it's written in biblical text, going right to left, if they're, if they're reading along, that's what they're getting. Okay. So, give you an example. If you're trying, if you're one of those, it's one of the reasons why they have so many dead sea scroll scholars looking at the same stuff, because they will look, uh, and even in uh, rabbinical circles, they'll all look at the same text, and they might have five different interpretations of the same uh, verse. So, if we were going to go with "Don't mess with Texas," (laughs) okay, "Don't mess with Texas" would go here. Think you can understand that one? And then we're going to put it in biblical text. Oh, <laughs> you might have five scholars going. Let's see. That could be uh, don't. It couldn't be didn't. It could be uh, I don't know. And then that could be mess or moss or moose. <laughs> donut. Yeah, could <laughs> be <a> donut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's why it is when we start taking a look at these that sometimes that it's always good to go back and see what biblically has been said from, from Hebrew and then in New Testament, well, the same problem with Greek. We want to get the background on this. So that's why I made this deal about saying, if you're not sure about a word, go to the blueletterbible.com we talked about last week uh, because you can actually pull up the word and see. And and there today in the things that we're going to look at, there are about five words that dramatically change how we look at the words that were actually said in Genesis. That are going to unlock some things for you, and I want you to see how we get it. Okay? Questions on this? Clears, mud? <laughs> All right. Okay. That said, then let's uh, let's go ahead and get going because uh, we're now going to look at uh, one of the things that I think gets gets. Uh, torn down a lot as we're looking at and that's the role of Eve, Who she was what her responsibility was and this is going to be one of those places where there's a word that jumps out at us. So let's look at Genesis 2. And so here we go. Here's one. Now I do find it interesting. Let me just point this out. Uh, the Lord God took man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now I want you to kind of put in the back of your mind. Because we're going to have a discussion in about 45 minutes about the difference between dressing and tilling. Those are two different things. okay? But he's going to put man, put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. He's not tilling yet. Uh, Command man saying, now listen, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. For the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. In both, in in, uh, Genesis version, and Abraham and Moses... Eve is not here yet. We look at that. In the temple version she is. Yes, it's symbolic. I did just find it fascinating that in these versions here, here's the instructions being given to Adam. Don't eat of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. But Eve isn't there yet. She will show up later. Any guesses on why that might be? yes any others my thought would be that she was not given the commandments, so therefore ah, or that Adam was being told don't partake of the fruit perhaps this was Eve's responsibility you think don't know but I just think it's fascinating that when it, this comes now part of what's going to happen here though is that we're going to get and the Lord God said unto said it is not good that man should be alone by the way that's really really true uh, men that are alone don't do well we tend to be weird uh, look, at the, you know, look, at, look at a bachelor's apartment if you have any questions about that we just don't do well alone we tend to be weird uh, the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. Therefore, I will make a help meet. This is one of those words that we have to be able to look at it and decide what help meet means. Now, if I if I stop 10 people on the street and I say, what does it mean for a wife to be a help meet to a husband? What would we say? A partner. A partner. A helper. Assistant. Assistant. Kind of like an executive secretary. (laughs) A A babysitter. A babysitter. (laughs) A balance. You're getting closer. Yeah. Right. That help meet is not an actual word. Right. And help qualify for. That's it. Okay, now we're getting closer. Okay, say that again a little louder. It's not necessarily a one word help meet. That's right, there's two words here help meet. It's help meet for him, right? So that's why you break it up. You have to look at what help is, you gotta look at what meat is. Because we put it together and make it really quick and make it an executive secretary kind of thing. Okay? Need to hire a secretary to keep his appointments for him. You know, because you just don't mess up. Okay, no, it says help meet for him. Okay? Help meaning the the word here is Azar. And it means strong rescuer. That's what, help is. That's what help is. help is. strong, and and it's not just rescuer like firemen. It's rescuer like savior, like the rep, the help. Our help in ages past, as in, if anybody's ever sung the song, uh, uh, "Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing," and they're gonna we're gonna raise an Ebenezer. That's not raising a Scrooge somewhere, <laughs> and Ebenezer is a—it's a stone of remembrance to the Savior, to one who came and rescued us. Okay, that's an e- so easier So, so uh, what he needs is a is a Savior-like person that will. Is meek for him, is equal to him, is is like him. He needs an equal that will be a rescuer for him. Does that make sense? So when we talk about the Lord saying, it's not good that man should be alone, meaning, remember we talked last week, what was that God would look at this and he'd say, Okay, I'm gonna separate the light from the dark, and he saw that it was good, meaning godly. So he's going to say, it's not godly for man to be alone. It's not godlike. It's not in our likeness. We're not alone. We need our Ebenezer. We need our the one like us who will save us. Okay, now she will save him in a number of ways. And certainly she will save us. Okay? So, uh, so we're going to go ahead and she's now going to be uh, created. Um, I do find it fascinating too. This is another one of those differences. Uh, those who uh, haven't been to the, the temple, there's a, a version of the creation that, that is done in LDS temples. Uh, and it's very, very symbolic. And so there there's some in, interesting differences between what's scriptural and what's there. And you look at it and say, okay, I, it's up to us to try and figure out what is which. It is fascinating to me, though, that Eve is not yet given a name. And she won't be until after the fall when she's going to be known as the mother of all living. I, that's, I don't know exactly all the, what that means, but I, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they were in an immortal state. Right. Until they partook of the fruit, then there was a change of some type. I've got it. I've got a quote, and I'll, I'll show you in just a second from Elder Nelson, our cardiologist apostle, uh, who has his belief about how that worked. Okay. All right. So, uh, so the world, so the earth, the Eden is created, and it has it has within it. If we look at her as as a help meet for him. Uh, remember that of all the, the, the garden there are, there are two trees right one is going to be the tree of knowledge of good and evil the other is the tree of life those are actual photographs <laughs> <laughs> or at least somewhere close okay now We have we have two trees. We also have two people, right? And there are two distinct roles that have to be played. What is the purpose of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Yes, by doing what? By having my understanding
1: Okay, and if I understand,
0: in order for me to understand the differences between good and evil, godly and not godly, what do I have to do? Agency. I'm I'm so I, I will have my agency. So what have I got? To, so the purpose of the tree of knowledge was to do what? You've got to have something to choose between. Got to be so how are we going to do that? Between good and you. mm-hmm. evil. We've got to leave. That's right. We've got to enter mortality. Right. So really the purpose of the tree of knowledge of good and evil... Was to introduce us into mortality. Make sense? Who's responsible for that one? Eve. And motherhood. And women. It is your job to issue issue into mortality... So that this experience can begin... The spirits of Heavenly Father. That means that this is your tree. To teach men and women knowledge of good and evil. Okay? Now, what's the purpose of the tree of life? For us to, to, to be able to live forever. And that means the ordinances and everything necessary to go back to living with Heavenly Father. Does that make sense? So whose responsibility is that one? Adam. Adam, right? Priesthood. Okay, now that's one of the reasons why it is. And Cindy's not here. I, I, I wear my little tree of life thing that I've got. Cindy has one similar to this, but she has a little apple on it. So, so Cindy wears kind of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and I wear the tree of life. Those are Those are the two roles that we play. Okay? So that's why this was very much a... Both sides were going to be needed into this fortunate fall and then the ability to learn what we needed to learn and then be able to uh, go back into the presence of God. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, have, yeah. I just had a thought that about this responsibilities. One of the responsibilities of us as mothers is to teach our children good and evil. And that is a major part of our role right in bringing children back to you. It's not just bring them here but it's also when we talk about it when we talk about uh, tilling tilling is going to be a lot about nurturing and providing the nutrients so that the seed can grow. Okay? You you're, you're right there. Okay? That's why both roles are, are really needed here. This is why it was very much Eve's responsibility and I think her foreordained role to introduce, uh, to, to partake of the fruit. And it was certainly going to be Adams to then uh, have the presiding priesthood to be able to officiate in the ordinances that bring us back after we've had that experience. Okay? All right, that's it. So how's this going to work? Ah, the the, the thick plotons here. Okay? We need to introduce somebody into this process uh, that can... Do this. So let's go to, uh, and that, that brings us to, um, well, let me just leave this here for a second. Just wanted to have you see this. Uh, Lucifer, uh, the, the word, we, we call him son of the morning. That's one of the phrases, but if you look at the other uh, words that are used, the word that most often describes Lucifer, especially in Isaiah 14, I think, is light-bearer. That Lucifer is a light-bearer, or was a light-bearer before he fell. should give you some idea. One of the things that has sometimes stirred uh, Christianity and a lack of understanding is... Um, Elder, let me ask you something. Elder, if someone says, I understand that Mormons believe that Jesus and Satan were brothers, well, that's just... He's evil... The Savior is God. How could they be brothers? That is a slap against Jesus. How would you answer that? In Portuguese. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How would you answer that? Right. Or he was just one who wanted, I guess glory and wanted to bring the children back. Okay, so so what God wouldn't create somebody who's evil. Yeah. He wasn't created evil though. I think he was loved by God and the heavens wept when Christopher chose to follow another path, Yeah. Hitler wasn't created evil either, was he? But through his choices, he became evil and failed. Okay, and, and we're talking about somebody who was a magnificent being before this earth. A light-bearer. Well, that's amazing to me. Yeah? The other thing is, he thought he had a plan that was superior to help Heavenly Father bring people back. And that this was going to be his chance to rebel. He's going to get to take over. Because he had, he believed he had more light, I think. More intelligence. Yeah? Our two dimensional viewpoint <coughs> of evil is bad because the fall of evil will be unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's not good for man to be. We needed him. Isn't that amazing? We needed that opposition. i have been working with an investigator right now, and that question came up yeah. in our discussion. And I don't know if I gave the right answer, but I said, he was known as Lucifer. Yes. Until the fall, then he was called Satan. Right. When he chose evil, his t- name was then changed to to Satan. That he was not really he was a brother as Lucifer, but yeah. And Satan and Satan is more a uh, he went from light bearer to a word that kind of means uh, deceitful and snake like kind of thing. Okay, very subtle. Yeah. Your name uh, determined your inheritance, and if you were good, you get get like keep your name. If you messed up, they would all the antichrists would get get together and change your name, yeah. which which uh, may not inherit what you were going to inherit. I find it really interesting that when Lucifer chose evil, his name has changed. Yeah, well, we could spend a lot of time on names within within the Old Testament and. Uh, like kings in the Book of Mormon, if you became a king, you changed your name to Nephi for a while. So I don't think King Benjamin's name was originally Benjamin. It meant some other things, a uniting of tribes and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Since we call him, or he was called, the son of the morning, yeah. was he born before the Savior? I ain't going there. No. <laughs> I have my own opinion on that. Well, we've that? talked so often I know. about the Secondborn being the one with the uh, authority and the priesthood. And, the... and there is a little tradition in the Old Testament where the firstborn always falls, right? So I don't know. It, it, it's a fascinating discussion. We don't have a lot of information on that. Okay. But we do know he was a light bearer. So let's look over at. Um, if we're going to look at Genesis 3. Now let, let's tack on. <coughs> We uh, get a little bit of book, information from the book of Moses. Now where, where did uh, the book of Moses come from? Just to remind ourselves. No, that's Abraham. Yes, Joseph Smith was, was looking at the Bible. And under, the, under uh, Revelation was not taking stuff out of the Bible. But adding things that we think were maybe removed early on. And some of that was this. Um I, the Lord God, speak unto Moses, Satan, whom thou hast commanded in, in the name of mine only begotten. Remember, he just casts Satan out. Satan, send me, I will be thy son, I will redeem all mankind. Uh, but my beloved son, who is my beloved chosen from the beginning, uh, thy will be done. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of men. That was his goal. To, to destroy agency. It is always his goal to destroy agency. If somebody is, is being influenced enough by, by, by Satan that they get into addictions, for instance, or sin, what does that do to agency? How? How does it take agency? You're addicted then. You don't have a choice. So. It cuts down on your options, right? You, you, and you don't believe that you have as many, right? That, was, that anything coming from him is designed to restrict your, your options. Now, explain that to our teenagers who are saying, yeah, but I don't get to date at certain things. I don't get to drink certain things. I don't get to wear certain things. You know, isn't that restrictive? You're taking away my agency. I have agency. I should be able to wear whatever I want. That's why, hence the little thing we just
1: started with. Say when well, sometimes people say, okay, when
0: you're 18, you can do that, and when we say that, they will. It's the problem. You can always five Well, and they will. So how do you explain to them? Yeah. Well, I'm sure this is a good explanation. but I, mean, I was just thinking they were 13 at the short term, or that evening, for example, to wear something that is not appropriate. We're looking more like long term. The, the the possible consequences that this could bring long term, and then therefore lost their options later. Yeah. Let, 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 let me ask you something. If If you climb in, climb into a cockpit, and and it's like, here are the rules, and you go, <laughs> Nah, I want to really kind of do whatever I want. <laughs> or are you going to be on instrument approach? He pilot. You're on instrument approach and you go, Nah, I think I'm gonna do it my way. Well say after you're not clear to go find your own airport. You the full traffic you just can Yeah, in other words, you have your agency. You really could say, I'm gonna I will do whatever I want, but I choose to do things a certain way. Why? that In other words, you you've got your agency. You really you really could choose to listen to the air traffic control guide or not to. How come you listen to him? How come you use your agency to follow his directions? Because I know that he has a bigger picture because he has radar in instrument conditions that I cannot always see outside because there's clouds. Yes. Sure, and he sees where the other planes are, and he says, You don't know that there is somebody below you and coming in at another thing. Or the mountains. Right? Yeah, and there is that mountain thing, yeah, and the ground is at a certain level. <laughs> yeah. to drink That's so bad. You can't have a kiss. You can't wear stuff just to follow whatever. It explains to the youth you do not use the word I can't do that but I won't. you get help them understand that it is a choice. And I choose to. Yeah, that's why I'm all, I out always cringe a little bit uh with the t-shirt that says I'm Mormon I can't. Is <laughs> I, I won't. No, I won't. I choose not to. I not to. I'm, I I'm choosing to uh, <laughs> To follow a different path, okay? Yeah. Maybe it should say, I'm Mormon and my parents won't let me. <laughs> Which is what the attitude is a lot of time, right? If it was just me, I would, but she said I can't, otherwise I'll be grounded all weekend, you know. It's like it's forcing me to do all this stuff. Okay. But again, listen to what Luke's first plan was. It was to find ways to suddenly take away our agency. And sin does that. It slowly locks off our ability to make choices. And we use our free agency, but he takes that away. It's been his goal from the beginning to limit our choices. Satan, like the Lord, uses the same system as the Lord. By online, Jesus policies, a little bit at a time, yeah. Yeah, very su- in fact, it's very subtle. Now, one of the reasons, by the way, um, that, that I, I just wanted to mention this. Uh, let's, let me do it this way. Okay, so that gets us then to verse 1, chapter 3. At, at this rate, we'll be lucky to make it out of Genesis by May. <laughs> Here's been one that's been a little bit confusing. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which God made. Serpent? Where'd serpent come from? Why a serpent? Was there a serpent? Okay, it doesn't really matter. I get it. But it's one of those questions. Was there a serpent? I, I guess that's one of the questions I have. The, the serpent did it because Satan...
1: Put it in his mind.
0: He converted, to Satan. He converted to Satan. Yeah. He, the serpent became a follower of Satan. And therefore it allows Satan to put those words in his mouth. Right? Um I, I will say this. I, I don't wanna to I don't want to belabor this too much. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think that you gotta do that because Satan doesn't have enough body. Yes. So is there a possibility of that? Let me tell you why. First of all, uh it is interesting that uh when when I go down to um uh, and look at my insights in, in Mesoamerica it's always fascinating to me to run across the uh, Quetzalcoatl references okay and that is the the quetzal bird is a very colorful kind of thing but it's a, it, it but uh it's in, it's intended to be kind of this fly colorful flying serpent and it is indicative of the savior deity and a lot and, and there are a lot of other um, Old cultures that have the serpent as a symbol of God, really? not Satan of God. Why? The symbol, you know. And the medical symbol, se- yeah, the Caduceus or whatever. Moses and Moses putting the brazen serpent. Why? Why would a serpent be symbolic of it? It was figured to the Jewish people teach things by storytelling. <laughs> Yeah. Everything in the Bible is a lot of stories. It's the principle that you need to learn. Yeah. Okay. But why would but why would the serpent even be ever associated with, deity? If it the ground. Part of it. One rabbi that I was reading suggests that in the way that uh, a river flows, it's a river of life, and it kind of kind of snakes along. That it was kind of seeing as symbolic of that, okay, uh, which would, is a possibility of uh, that's why you, this is a this is quetzalcoatl here, uh, and uh, it doesn't matter whether it's the Mayans or the Aztecs. A lot of them always kind of went back to this serpent-like image of being. okay. So, in, so Satan, if he was using any kind of serpent-type thing. Maybe trying to borrow some of the symbolism of the Savior? I don't know. Uh, complete yes. Uh, but it is interesting that when Josiah Quincy, who was the uh, mayor of Boston, uh, went to Nauvoo to visit with uh, Joseph Smith, he asked him about this very question. Was there a snake? Was there a serpent in the Garden of Eden? Now, Joseph answered that, and I don't know if it was Joseph's speculation or if he was teaching this as fact. But he had a parchment, one of the parchments there. You see the, uh, the snake with legs? An Egyptian, an Egyptian uh, parchment. And he said, The parchment, Josiah Quincy said, that I was shown, showed a rude drawing of a man and a woman and a serpent walking about on a pair of legs. I ventured to doubt the propriety of providing the reptile in question with this unusual means of locomotion. (laughs) They just love the way they used to talk back then in the 1840s. I questioned the propriety of providing the reptile with this unusual means of locomotion. Now, Joseph usually would respond to somebody that was going to kind of be pompous and erudite with something very... Joseph could be very, very eloquent when he wanted to, but he usually had a reaction to somebody that was going to kind of be a little on the pompous side. And he tried to just kind of, come on, let's bring it down. And, and so J- Joseph's response to that was, why, it's as plain as staff was the rejoinder from Joseph. Before the fall, snakes always went about on legs, just like chickens. <laughs> they were deprived of them in punishment and their, in, in their agency in the ruin of man. I don't know. All I know is that this is what Josiah Quincy reported in his conversation with Joseph Smith. So I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't even know what to do with that. But that said, all right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it does me too. I never figured that out before, but it's like, you know. that's why that's why there's a part of me that wonders if maybe there was a serpent there. I I again I just there's no way to really know. But it, it would sort there's some sense that but anyway. Okay, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which God had made, he said to the woman. Listen how he kind of slithers into this. Okay? Um Hath not God said you, that you eat of the tree, eat of every tree of the garden? Didn't God say you, you could eat whatever fruit you wanted to? Just asking. It's kind of a non-threatening question. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye... Die, So Adam must have told her that because she wasn't Right, because she wasn't there. So that was her understanding. Okay, now, here comes the direction. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, let me stop for a second because I, I want you to I want you to hear the irony to what he's doing. If we go back, um, here. Let me go back to. Whoops. Ah, there it is, verse four, from Moses, and he became Satan, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and to do what. Blind them. How does Satan restrict your agency? Well, my understanding is that the best way to get someone to believe a lie uh-huh. is that you have so much truth with a little with a little in there. Okay. So how? So what we're being told is that to do that, what he's going to do is he's going to blind men. How does he blind us? Counterfeit. Counterfeit. Uh, confusing us about what is important, making us seek after things that are really not. Isn't that it? So what we're blind to all of the options. How else does he blind us? Yeah. His intelligence is unparalleled, and I think he knows us very well. I think he knows our weaknesses. Sure. Softly, yes. gently wrapping you up. Yes. And, and, and in that way, he slowly binds you and blinds you. Yeah? I think he not only really, um, kind of restricts our, our view of options, right. but our view of the consequences. So, in that instance, and it's like when you we're talking about raising our kids, you know, we're saying, here are all the consequences. And what Satan's doing is like he slows down the consequences so that they become that So he's saying, ah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna note some things here. I think that, I think that's a good point. What he really wants to blind, again, think about teenagers. <laughs> what he really wants to blind them to is the consequences. You get what you want right here, but I'm gonna blind you from what may happen as a result of that choice, right? Well, tell me if I'm jumping ahead too far. there. oh yeah. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on to that one. Yeah, you are. You're jumping in. <laughs> told you I would. Yeah. Um, the thing, the oldest time thing about Satan that, it, that makes him so subtle is the mixing of truth. Yes. He, there, he, he almost always has some element of truth which does so There's a certain amount of truth here, so I I will accept that, but I'm going to be blind. So that blinds me to not just the consequences, but to that little nugget of lie and deception that sits in the middle of that. Okay? Now, so so let's take that forward then. Because here's the fascinating part. So this is this is Satan, and he knows the best way to restrict your agency is to blind you. Remember, blind means I can't see what's right in front of me. It's there, I just don't see it. So why, oh why, oh why, would he say to her, "You will not die"? Why? Because the reason he's telling you this is because for God doth know in the day. You eat thereof, then your eyes will be open. Doesn't it sound like he's telling Eve, I want you to eat of this fruit because then your eyes will be open? I don't want you to be blind anymore. I want your eyes to be open. I love you. there's the big lie. The biggest lie in everything that was told here is that lie. Because let me just remind you, did did Satan want her to die? No. I believe that it was in Satan's plan to make sure that she didn't die. I don't want her to die. I want her to live forever in her sins. So when he's saying to her, you will not die, I think he's really saying, I don't want you to die. I have a second, I have a second part to this planet. Eat of this fruit and then eat the second course. Eat the other one. I don't intend for you to die. I don't think dying was the big lie. The dying was God is wanting to blind you to his real purposes, which is he's really going to be threatened if you eat the fruit and become like him. That's why... It, it, it's a, I'm going to accuse God of not wanting you to grow. I'm going to accuse God of not enabling you to learn everything that you could learn. But I need to tell you the secret. You need to eat of this fruit, then you will be as God. He's not going to like it, but hey, I'm, I'm your brother and I love you. Yeah. Okay, but here, I get this is where I get lost. So, we have, he has taken that fruit. Yes, she did. Yeah. It had to be a fault. in the sense of that. So where in there? I mean, Satan. It's hard to understand how Satan. I mean, he's yes, he's getting her to do something, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's something that had to happen. Right. But how is Satan? How is Satan? Key into that as far as I mean. We know Couldn't look. Let me ask you this: Couldn't we just skip Satan? Couldn't the Savior, couldn't God have just placed man on the earth in a mortal state and 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 got past this whole, you know, you're supposed to have kids but don't eat the fruit kind of? Couldn't He just done that in the first place? Couldn't He just stuck him on the earth mortal to start with? He would have been dead. Why? Because without opposition, there needs to be opposition all things. But He could have placed him mortal to start with. But you have to choose. Right. You
1: have to choose the choice. To be good and to work. Okay. To
0: thank so well, couldn't he have placed... But couldn't he have placed Adam on the earth, already mortal, and then he's going to start experiencing all those choices? He'd have it already, right? No, because that wasn't his choice. Well, I, I'm wondering if it's just that God... That was against his, I guess, rule, I guess, to to force us to leave his presence, because that's what happened. Right. Okay, l- l- without, without getting too far downstream can I cut to the quick on this could God do that no because God is God he creates he's going to create man in his own image and his own likeness he, he, is, he is perfect and immortal and what's he going to create perfect and immortal it's impossible for him to create stuff that's not in his likeness that's not mortal it was very easy. You know, in other words, I can't create imperfection. I'm perfect. But man can get down there and choose to make choices that made him imperfect. And Satan was important into that. Life. Yeah. Were the animals also immortal? I yes. Everything it. fell. <laughs> Everything, <laughs> la, 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 Everything's perfect. <laughs> and then it falls. And, and that's, why, that's why Satan is going to become. But I need you to hear what his lie was here. The lie was is that God doesn't want you to do this. That's the, the biggest lie of all. And it's a deception that means God doesn't love you. He's, ha- he's hiding things from you. It's a deception. That is how the blindness works. It is, it is one little deception mixed in the truth of all of this. Two, okay? put that Satan's going to get even with God. God cast him out without a body. Yep. If he could deprive him, Yep and have her take the fruit of the tree of, yeah. of life. See, he had a whole different... God had no body to put his fruit in. Exactly. So that's why all of those, I, can, I can stop the whole plan of salvation if I can get her to eat of this fruit and then walk over and eat this fruit, then nothing happens. Nobody's coming. I've stopped it. And I, now i controlled it. Yes? Yeah. I think Well, it says that he just didn't know the mind of God. So but he had he had his plan. Now, here we go. So, here what's going to happen? He's going to say to her uh, well, let's go back here. Cuz there's a really important one coming up here. Uh, let's see. God does know that your and your eyes will be open. You'll be as God's and and the woman saw the tree, it was good for food, it was pleasant. And she's learning now, isn't she? Because she's learning actually something from Satan. She saw that this tree was desirous to make one wise. She got it. She's learning. She's learning. She's recognizing. I think she went, you're right. I, I do need to eat the fruit. Now, I think she did it. Bless her heart. Uh, and the the temple has done a good job of that. I think she did it with eyes wide open, saying, I'm going to partake of the fruit, but I know what's going to happen here. I'm going to be cast out. I know the consequences, but I've got to do it. This is God, this is the only way this can happen. What a courageous lady, knowing what she was about to give up. Now, her eyes were and she understood I. this is something that's got to happen. Yeah. This is just Kimberly's thought. For years, I've wondered whether or not we know how much time passed from the time Satan told her about the fruit to the time she decided to partake. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Why don't you subtly teach her about this over a series of times? Maybe she weighs things and learns. It. That's a, Kimberly, that's a good idea. But not only that. What if she slowly thought about it? And understood. Beautiful thought. Yeah, beautiful. Years ago, I was teaching elders quorum I, after I got home from a mission. And uh, back in 72, I believe, it was in the ensign. And the, and the topic was along this line. And uh, Hugh Nibley made the comment that Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden for 400 years before they fell. Well. Really? 400 years? Yeah, and I remember that so sp- specifically. Well, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> on, on a fruit only diet, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's the same thing, just doing the same thing you're doing in other worlds? Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. That, that's, that's a really good question. Um, okay, so, so take a look at this. So, uh, what happens? So she sees the fruit, she eats it. She gives it to her husband, and it says that in the moment that the eyes of them were both opened. So, isn't it that, in other words, there was, there was an element of them being blind up to that moment? They're going to eat of the fruit, and now their eyes are going to be open, and the first thing that they recognize is that they are. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, I, that's a little bit odd, isn't it? The, the first thing that they would notice, that when their eyes are fully open, that somehow part of this understanding, the difference between godly and evil, that their eyes are open, that they recognize that they have no clothes. For 400 years, they were blind. For, yeah, I love it for 400 years. I mean, couldn't that be said, Malik, Okay, closer, closer. This is blue-letter Bible time. What does the word naked mean? You're about to learn something. I know, when you look and you shouldn't. Okay. See, i got to cover it up because you guys look ahead and there it is. And, um, it means helpless. Now, I think. I want you to walk through this one. Because here's the beautiful principle that's taught here. That their eyes were open and then they they understood that they were helpless. Helpless to? Save, save themselves. Yeah, here comes the knowledge. I think they must have realized then that they no longer would have God there with them. Yes. That they would not be in His presence. And they could not of themselves... That they needed to fall, but they, of themselves, couldn't get themselves back. That it was going to require somebody greater and more powerful than themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, getting back is what I was saying earlier. Okay. Now would be a perfect time for you to go with that. Again. Yes. Yes. The heavenly father told them that they could not, if they took the fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think that the double speak, so to speak, comes in, because the of tongues. Because obviously they partook of the fruit and they didn't die. Not in that day. Well, but they died spiritually. Yes. So they yes. Didn't die.
1: Now they're going to have to leave
0: the the presence of God and fall. Remember, the fall was physical, it was spiritual, and you're right. So so now they're going to have to leave, and they recognize that they were helpless. Now, interestingly enough, so when they noticed that they were naked and helpless, what did they try and do? Cover up. So they're going to cover themselves up with uh, aprons. Which re- really means a robe. It's a, it's a covering. It's a, it's a wrapping. Okay? Now, let me... We we've, we've talked about this... I don't know. Was it last, last year sometime? That ultimately, Adam and his wife did, the God, did God make coats of skins and clothe them. Okay? The, the clothing that he's going to get them is a coat of skins. And where is he going to get the skins? An animal that's going to require the shedding of blood. Okay, that covering is called a kaphar or, or kapor in Hebrew. Okay, uh, the, the covering over the uh, in the uh, ark of the covenant or the ark of the testimony in the holy of holies is called the kaporet. It's the it's the covering over the commandments. That the hat. Put I mean that is the skullcap thing in in Jewish it's a covering the the pitch that covered um, the um, Noah's Ark we're going to talk about it next week was an atonement it was a that's where the word atonement comes from it's a covering to cover things up okay it covers us and 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 what happened initially is that man. That Adam and Eve, when they recognize that they were helpless, their first efforts before God's going to actually step in and do that, they're going to try and find some way to do the covering themselves. They create a true kapor, a true covering requires shedding of blood, the Savior. A fake kapor, a fake covering, is something done with our own efforts. So it was going to require that they get rid of the fig leaves, the apron things, and be covered in the coat of skins that came by the shedding of blood. Now that's So they were helpless, and it would require the shedding of blood to cover them. Does that make sense? Now, let me ask for a second, and I don't want to take very long on this. Do we have fake kapors in our lives? Yes. Like what? Our what? <laughs> when do we try and use our own, our own aprons, our own fake, inadequate kapors to cover our helplessness. Our actions. Our actions. Pride. Yeah. 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 We can justify what we did, and when we when we are stuck in a perfectionism cycle, isn't that a fake kapor? It's a fake covering. I will cover my inadequacies through my own righteousness. I will I can fix me all by myself. And I really don't need the shedding of blood. I will try and do it myself. Well, I think like naked meaning you, you can see everything. So I think they realize, you know, like oh I follow every thought. But then the first thing he says is, this person's like, he died me. Like, you know, kind of covering it up. Like, it wasn't on my phone. Yeah, there's a little bit. Yeah, we're going to talk. Oh, about man, I hope we get to. The, this is where shame and afraid were actually introduced in first time they ever felt these things. Okay, but by the way, I always think about this. Think about when toddlers get to about a certain age, two and a half, and there, and that's the point at which they want to start dressing themselves. I do it. I do it. Okay. You know, that's when you see kids show up at church like their their shoes are on the wrong feet. You know, and the, you know the shirt's on backwards. And it's like, I dressed myself. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I have to think that there are times that Heavenly Father's watching us walking around trying to be... We're overly perfectionistic and we're beating up on ourselves. And it's like we're standing before God going... I dress myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Once you get over yourself, then let's find out a way to really use the atonement because that's not working. Yeah. In the temple, the were saying Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys do it. Ooh, you know you're helpless. You you guys do something that's going to cover you up. Because we don't want to do that shedding of blood thing. Because by the way, it's the shedding of blood thing I didn't want to do. In the preexistence, I wasn't going to be just shedding the blood stuff. i got other ways I want to do this. That's kind of... Mm. Okay? Alright. Alright. Well, we could... We'll come back here to Elder Nelson's quote. You guys haven't been reading it, right? That's no. <laughs> ah, a very good thing. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Alright, so here we go. So, so they go ahead and eat the fruit. They recognize that they're now helpless. They try and do this fake purport, this fake covering. It's not going to work. Uh, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That, that word cool is the same word as the, the, the breath of, of God that was like on the waters and stuff. It's a, it's a breeze. It's, it's, so it's like in the in the coolness of the cool breeze. And by the way, Moses, it says that it was Adam and Eve that were walking. Uh, they heard the Lord God as they were walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Does that make more sense? Rather than God's walking around just hanging out in the garden <laughs> the day, and no, it Adam and Eve. They're walking around all the day. They hear His voice, uh, and they hide themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. And God says, "Where are you?" And He said, "I heard Thy voice in the garden, and I was, for the very first time in my life, I was afraid." This is how afraid. And shame were introduced into the world. It came as a result of, if I can't cover myself with the fig leaves, I will cover myself by hiding. hiding. That's another way. through Deceiving others through lies in our own hiding. we It's a fake kapoor. We're going to hide ourselves from God. So they were hiding. Okay. I uh, hurt thyself, I was naked who told thee ok now here comes here comes the consequences and this is why this is called a, a fortunate fall because sometimes we listen to this with such a negative tone uh, because this was a horrible transgression a lot of the world sees this as a horrible transgression gee if Adam and Eve hadn't have done this we'd all be living in the garden eating fruit <laughs> you know, so, so so we lost out on the chance to hang out in the Garden of Eden in our earth life. No, there was, there was a reason behind this, and everybody's going to get their consequence. Now, unto the woman, the Lord says, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And this sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall... Rule over them, okay? This rubs some people the wrong way, right? That doesn't sound good. As a result, because she did what she was supposed to do, and she fulfilled her responsibility, and was incredibly courageous, that somehow she should now be ruled over. It doesn't sound right. That's why the word and and uh, is that that word over is really beit and it means with. He shall rule with thee. Where did that? That, that, the Hebrew word on that is beit and it means uh, rule with thee. Okay, change it a little. And, and President Kimball looked at this also and said that word rule uh, should be replaced with preside. He shall preside with thee. In other words, he's going to part of the priesthood responsibility is that he's going to preside. He'll be the watch watchman on the tower in the home, and but he's ruling with thee. It's a it's a joint partnership, okay? And she's going to have her sorrow in in conceiving children, and he's going to have his sorrow where yeah. bringing forth. Yeah. Bring forth what? <laughs> yeah, it's while <all> he's tilling He's <laughs> gonna have borders Okay. We need to go back and have a Bible translated translated by men in the society where men were and I think that's one of the reasons why. Exactly. I think it's one of the reasons why certain words were chosen back then. You're right. It's coming out of a culture where it was more of a male dominated kind of thing. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, so so thy desire uh, shall be to thy husband. And, and by the way, that is my, my experience uh, in my office is, and this is certainly true, women have, because of the, the way that your brain is uh, built, you have a larger uh, corpus callosum between the hemispheres, you've got a deeper limbic system, your ability to love and be loyal is incredible, and it's beyond our ability as men to match you. That You have a, a marvelous ability to do that. A woman's love is an amazing thing. Uh, That's why you put up with us. Um, (laughs) And to Adam he said, Thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, eating the fruit. Uh, Now listen to his. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. Uh, And it was at this point, according to the scriptures, Adam gets it, and he says, Oh now, the perfect name for this for this wonderful woman with me is Eve because this is at the point now she becomes the mother of all living because everything is going to come through her. And I recognize what she's done in bringing mortality to the earth. <coughs> what does that have to do with the word, the name Eve? Does Eve have a meaning? That I, have it to it means she... I don't know if it's uh, in one place I saw a definition of Eve as, as many, Adam is seen as many, and Eve is seen as many. Whether this is like in the Adamic language that Eve means the mother of all living, I don't know. Whether she's just saying it, it I suspect it is, if I were going to guess, that this really that's probably what her name means. The mother of all living. But that's certainly a responsibility. Because when a name is placed on somebody, again, in these Traditions. The name means their purpose. It gives them. A, it gives them uh, who they are. Yeah. So do you suppose she had a different name in the garden? Don't know. That point? I don't. I have a hard time believing it was just like, "Hi, woman." Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't. That doesn't make any sense, does it? But in the same way that Abram becomes Abraham and Jacob becomes Israel, you wonder if maybe Eve had another name. Maybe that's where Lilith came from. I don't know. There's a Hebrew tradition of it that Eve was actually the second wife. Have you heard that one? No. And the garden. And Eve, yeah, Lilith, yeah, she was a bit headstrong, so she fell. And, and <laughs> Eve was the second wife. Yeah. Who's Strange. <laughs> and the first wife was first wife <laughs> was Lilith. <loved. laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Alright, so he's gonna have to do that. Now, uh, couple of things that, that go with this then. Um, um, I want to read this quote from Elder Nelson. I think I've got the whole thing. Whoops. Here's the quote from Elder Nelson. As we consider self-defense, self-repair, and self-renewal, remember this is a doctor, An interesting paradox emerges. Limitless life could result if these marvelous qualities of the body continued in perpetuity. If we could create anything that can defend itself, repair itself, or renew itself without limit, we could create perpetual life. Does that make sense? Okay, now, this is what our creator did with the bodies he created for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Had they continued to be nourished from the tree of life, and in other words, uh, well, well, let me read this. Had they been, had they continued to be nourished from the tree of life, they would have lived forever. What was keeping them living forever? The tree of life. They were partaking of the tree of life. So that they already, were eating that fruit. Yes, that's what he's saying. What kept them immortal was they were eating the tree of life. Okay, that makes sense. I used said a minute ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were, they were being able to eat everything except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life, according to Elder Nielsen, was what kept them immortal in the garden. But you said that Satan wanted them to have the tree of life after he Because apparently, hold on to that, okay. hold on to that idea. According to the Lord, as revealed through his prophets, the fall of Adam instituted the aging process, which results ultimately in physical death. Of course we do not understand all the chemistry but we're witnesses to the consequences of growing old. This and other pathways of release assure us that there is a limit to the length of life upon the earth. So did as soon as they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, did they fall over dead? No. When did they die? How long did Adam live? 900. So he would not die physically for about another 900 years. And Eve, probably very similar. He died spiritually that day that they were cast out of the garden. So by now being separated from the tree of life, they couldn't keep eating the tree of life, so the aging process began in some way. Satan wanted them to keep eating of the tree of life. Now you know this, but you're going to keep eating here so you don't progress, you don't move. Yeah? Y'all, no, you're dating yourself to That was one uh-huh. Yes. And also my mother's teacher, which is a little worrisome. But um, <laughs> um, he used to say "Is you know, they talk about flesh and bones versus flesh and blood with light in their veins. And he also said the same thing. Yeah. The system is set up. It's the blood in our veins that breaks down the system. Yeah. We have that. Yeah, And that's why in some way that I don't understand, that's why it was important that it be blood that be shed for us. And there's a connection there that I've never understood. But, but you're right. Yeah, I don't want to make this too deep. But uh, you're going, really? Okay. Okay, now. Ooh, we got ten minutes. Uh, re- re- Real quickly. So Adam is now going to be sent forth from the garden of Eden to do what? Till. What is the difference between now is the time for the question. What is the difference between dressing the garden and tilling the ground? Weeds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Once harder. One's harder. Okay, t- take this for a second. What does it take to if you're gonna if you're gonna have a loaf of bread? Just to eat, so that you're going to eat the bread. What does it take to till? you to the got to prepare the ground. Then you've are going to you got to have a seed. that has got to be planted in the ground. Now as I'm saying this, and I want you to think about Alma 32 when he talks about the planting of the seed. I want you to see the parallel here. You're going to prepare the ground. You're going to place the seed. Then what do you have to do? Water. Water and nourish it go back to the what moms do with kids okay you're gonna nourish it and then it, it grows you got to keep everything away from it okay until it is able to grow into what it's supposed to be and then you're gonna have to process that that grows you may have to clean out the tares and have the wheat okay look at all this process of and so it's constant energy it doesn't it's not producing fruit. Spontaneously anymore, is it? That's the tilling process. And he's to said. So as a result, the sorrow is going to come in doing what? The tilling, the constant work, the energy that has to go into this to create this. It is. It is a refiner's fire. Okay. Now, five minutes now sometimes we forget the rest of the story though and so I want to hop over to we're grateful for for modern revelation I had an interesting interesting experience this week because of because of the writing that I've done I had a uh, my publisher asked if I would which if I would review a book uh of a a wonderful man who's doing an LDS, Revelation, and the Bible and and asked me to review it. And and as I was reading through this, uh, it was one that really needed to be rewritten. uh, (laughs) Quite a bit. But then he got to the point where he's talking about the fall. And he said, really... Uh, the fall wasn't all that bad for for Adam and Eve uh, because uh, ultimately, and he's going to quote this, talking about uh, the fact that uh, verse ten uh, after it's all explained, Adam blessed God, was filled. Eleven, Eve, his wife, heard these things and was glad. He says, "See, the fall wasn't that bad." They're glad that they fell. <laughs> And I had to type back and went, he's nuts. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and I get back and finally they, they sent me an email and said, maybe we'll have somebody else review. I said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Probably no, not going to be me. <laughs> yeah. I said, if he'll just tighten up the language and, you know, throw out the falsehoods, it would be a good book. <laughs> Uh, because he's talking about uh, that they're driven out uh, he's got to eat his bread by the sweat of his brow Adam knew his wife she bore bear him sons and daughters they began to multiply and replenish that earth from the time forth sons and daughters they began to divide two by two in the land till the land tend the flocks begat sons and daughters and then they call upon the Lord and now, now the angel's going to come how long have they been in in the world before the angel shows up to ask them what they're doing? They're yes, they're grandparents. <laughs> it isn't like they were cast out of the garden, hang out for about a week and a half, and the angel shows up and says, How come you're offering sacrifices? They're grandparents. They've been there for decades. Well, like in a temple, I said, Well, we the season. Yeah, that season was decades. They went a long time. Okay, and, and then uh, Adam and Eve, they called upon uh, the name of the Lord. Verse 5, uh, he gave them commandments that they should worship the Lord. They should offer the firstlings of the flock. That'll become important next week when we talk about Cain and Abel. So he's telling them exactly how they are to perform these sacrifices uh, because it had to be in, the, in remembrance of the Savior. Uh, Many days the angel comes. Why does thou offer sacrifices? I don't know. God commanded me. And then he's going to teach him. Okay? Um, And this is the point where uh, they recognize um, that because of my transgression, my eyes are open. And in this life I shall have joy. And in the flesh, after the resurrection, I will see God. I think they can still remember having talked to God. I mean, because it says in here that they could hear Him actually from the garden. From time to time, they heard His voice coming from the garden. So they can still remember their time in Eden. But that's still hard. I mean, in some ways that makes it tougher, doesn't it? It's a little bit like when the saints are in Nauvoo and they get driven out by mobs and they get to the other side of the river. And they can look across the river and there are their homes, but they just can't... They're not allowed to go back to their homes. It's like it's close. That's miserable. We used to walk and talk with God. Now we're separated from Him. We've fallen. Okay? Now, I think it's important that the, the final piece to this, and we'll, we'll just kind of finish with this, because I think this was the moment the for Adam and Eve made all the difference. It's actually over in Moses 6, and I know I'm hopping and skipping and jumping. Uh, verse 53, I think... And our father Adam spake unto the Lord and said, Why is it that man must repent and be baptized in water? I'm skipping. you got to go, go back to Moses 6. And, and the Lord said unto Adam, Behold, and this had to feel so good. Behold, I have forgiven thee thy transgression in the garden of Eden. There was that moment that even though we Transgress the law of God, and you have done everything that I've asked you to do, and you are completely forgiven. And then we're going to get in sixty-four. And it came to pass that when the Lord had spoken unto Adam, our father, that Adam cried unto the Lord, and he was caught away by the spirit of the Lord and was carried down under the water laid under the water, was brought forth out of the water and thus he was baptized and the Spirit of God descended upon him and thus he was born of the Spirit and became quickened in the inner man. Okay? Now, I just believe that for Adam and Eve to go from the light and glory of Eve and, and to fall in the way that they did and, and, and be having to learn to till and struggle And that life was really hard. And that they remembered what it was like to be in the presence of God. To have God say to them, thy sins are forgiven thee; Thy transgression is forgiven. And to be baptized that you can return. And I think that's why when we go back to these words. That Adam blessed back in Moses' Bible. Adam blessed God and was filled and began to prophesy concerning the families of the earth, saying, Blessed be the name of God, for behold, for because of my transgression, my eyes are open, and in this life I shall have joy, and again in the flesh I shall see God. And Eve gives the greatest sermon on the gospel in just a few short verses. Were it not for our transgression, we never would have had seed and never would have known good and evil, and the joy of our redemption and the eternal life, which God giveth to all the obedient. That's it in a nutshell. That while they were, the Garden of Eden was wonderful, what did they not know? Joy. Isn't that weird? They couldn't know joy because they did not yet know sorrow, and they didn't know evil. It's in that contrast that we learn. It was a nice place, but they didn't know joy yet. She says, now because of our transgression, I now know joy. This was a great thing, and we're forgiven. And I've got grandkids. There you go. And because of that, I wouldn't have had grandkids. That's a great way to say it. It's interesting, they always say transgression, about. Yeah, because it wasn't a sin. It was a transgression. Uh, that, that they did it with a, what little bit of knowledge that they had, which was hard. They were They were naked. They were, they were innocent. Yeah? Just thing I keep thinking is even when the Lord told Adam that he was completely forgiven, he didn't return to the dark. God didn't say, You're forgiven now. This is the consequence The consequences of. Great point. Great point, and, and and so I will continue to live out my life. But there will come a day at, at the resurrection. Well, I will receive. I will die. I will receive my body back, and in in the flesh, I will again see God. And I understand it now. I understand the the full ramifications of the gospel. Great point, brothers and sisters. It's our job to till. We we till this earth, and sometimes it's, there's the noxious weeds can seem almost overwhelming. Can almost seem too much, but we in this life we can also receive joy as a result of understanding sorrow, and that's why we cannot praise uh, Mother Eve enough. What a wonderful woman she was and is, uh, and her sacrifice is beyond parallel. And that that Adam was able to understand enough to then follow her guidance and counsel and what she did brought earth life to us. We're grateful for these wonderful beings and what they did for us. I pray that we can kind of see this all for what it is and uh, kind of duplicate in our own life that ultimately I believe the ground that we till the most is ourselves. I think it's our own hearts. I think we have to till our heart so that the seed can be planted. I think we have to nourish it We can feel the movement as we learn and grow and love. I think we're the ground that needs to be filled. I pray that we can do that in our lives this week. And I leave that with you in Jesus' name.